This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to part two of this 1912 Exiles podcast special, Christmas special. We're going to be talking about our favourite, favourite Newport 11s. Uh, this isn't the best 11. If you haven't listened to part one yet, by the way, go and listen to part one because this will all make sense once you've listened to part one, particularly um, various ramblings about the past, our Hellenic League uh, adventures and our favourite lone players. Anyway, we're moving on to our favourite midfielders of Newport County's history. And um, I think Reese is going to start us off. Over to you, Reese. Yeah, so I picked five at the back, so I've, I've been restricted to three in midfield. But I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, so starting off, I've got Josh Sheehan, um, who, from the moment he arrived on loan, despite him being kind of small in stature and you think he's going to get lumps kicked out of him, he just looked like a classy footballer. You know, some sometimes someone just has that the way that they take the receive the ball into feet, take a really good first touch, look ahead, and Joshian was that all over. And he was really going in that first spell. And then he got his really nasty injury, which ultimately probably worked in our favour because I think if he hadn't picked up that injury, he probably would have been playing higher up the leagues sooner um and obviously he had a real good couple of seasons with us narrowly missed out on promotion twice he was in both of those playoff teams wasn't he um and then went to Bolton he was absolutely flying at Bolton before picking up another nasty injury and it's it's nice to see him back playing recently as well he's just returned um so that's my first midfielder um just just before you go on from that Reese, because Sheehan's in my uh, 11 as well how many caps do you think he'd have had for Wales if it hadn't been for those two injuries? Because I agree with you. If he doesn't get the first injury, 
he, he moves higher up the pyramid, you know, and, and the second injury again put him back. I, I think, you know, Sheehan probably would have been at the World Cup by this point if if he hadn't had those two setbacks at critical points. When he's been in the Wales squad and you look at the likes of um, like Matt Smith and um, Levitt and there's a few other, you know, those midfielders who are all much of a muchness, he'd be in that mix. He'd have yeah. 25, 30 caps by now. Um, uh, I think he's he's not a step down from any of those players. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he'd have, he'd have a, a bag full of Wales caps by now without those injuries. Um, so next, I don't know if anyone else would put him in, but I've got the onion in the curry. I've got Scott Bennett in there. He's, you talk about consistency. He just, he, he does the, the, he's a glue guy to use a basketball term. He's a glue guy. He sticks the rest of the team together <laughs> and, um, you know, he makes the team tick and he is one of, I, I I've also been on the spreadsheet of appearances um, but again, he's one of the four who have got over 200 appearances since we reformed. And he's been a big part of the side for the last couple of years. And the same with my final selection. It's um, specifically TV's Robbie Wilmot, because Robbie Wilmot on TV is a far different player to every week. <laughs> Robbie Wilmot. Yeah. You think you're going to get you're going to absolute pelters for playing him in the middle. I don't care. Martin's on my <laughs> side. Mar- Martin believes in the Robbie Will Renaissance. Um, at least I didn't put him at right back. True. Very true. Has he, has he got his shirt untucked or tucked? <laughs> Tucked in, waistband up to his neck. <laughs> um, yeah, just he, he is much maligned, but I think he I think to his own detriment, he's done he sacrificed quite a bit for the team in that he has played everywhere but in goal, I think. If if a job needs doing, he'll come in and do it to a reasonable standard. Like, he won't be Messi or Cannavaro or whoever you want to put in whatever position, but he'll do it, he'll do it and he'll put effort in. And then he's also provided us with some of these memories where he's provided the crosses for you know, really important goals or he scored like the one against Leicester where he scored fantastic goals in big games. Um, so for that reason, that's that's why Wilmot's in there. I, I don't expect anyone else to have him in, but yeah, it's my choice. It was, it was close for me, to be honest, with Wilmot. Um, he's not in my team, but he was very close. To, um, sorry, Jack, you were going to say. No, I, I'm with you, Jamie. I agonised about putting him in. I'm still editing my final 11 as we're speaking. <laughs> in real time, um, amazing. Yeah. But he was definitely one. I mean, we we even didn't show him enough love. We we kicked him out the front door and over to Exeter. And the poor old baby came back to us and has been playing really well. You've got to ask yourself, what do we look out what do we look like without him? And is that a Newport County that you like more or less? Definitely less. I mean, you don't know who we can replace him with, but he is irreplaceable. He's that he is the mascot player for Newport County the last years and years and years. He's in every picture that was worth a damn that has Newport County as, as part of its success story of the past. Well, I, how long has he been with us? It's got to be... 10 years, uh, I would have said. He's, he's not quite a testimonial not point, but... T- he... 2013, he signed. Yeah. 
He's our so longest he, tenured player, even including his yeah. hiatus to Tesco. So actually, <laughs> yeah, he signed in 10th of January 2013. So we are but a few weeks off him uh, clocking up his his 10 years. Um, and yeah, he did he did briefly uh, have spells elsewhere, you know, your Ebsfleets, your Chelmsfords. But, um, but yeah, since he first came through the door, we're coming up on 10 years. Yeah, and that was com- that was conference uh, promotion season. So yeah. he was we signed him as, in in non league, which is incredible considering, well, just how long ago that was, how long ago it felt like. Um, all right, I'm going to let Jack continue editing and, and come on to someone else. I'm going to go to Ian next because um, I'm really intrigued about Ian's midfield. Okay, um... <laughs> settle in, settle in. Well, you need you need you need to settle in when I come to my left winger because let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you. So we'll do him last at the midfield. So right right wing, we're playing wingers, right? I can't stand this modern type of football. There's no bloody wingers, right? Wingers, right? We're having a right winger, we're having a left winger, we're having two in the middle. That's what none of this box rubbish, right? That's what we're having. So right wing. Um, <laughs> Back in the 80s, here we go, get the time machine going. Um, Steve Lowndes, so he, he was the right winger in that. So we had Relish and Lowndes in front of him. It was such a solid thing down that right-hand side. It was, you know, when you were talking about the likes of your your butler and, and, and these players, you were saying, well, you know, you just put them in. You know, you, you, you your name's on the team sheet. We were so solid down that, down that right-hand side. Lamsey played 358 league appearances for us and got 51 goals. Um, You know, he wasn't necessarily the greatest winger. We're going to come on to him in a minute. He wasn't necessarily the greatest winger we've ever had. But but him and and Relish together up that right-hand side was absolutely fantastic. And and Tynan and Ulrich and Gwyther and the players that were banging all the goals in at that time, a lot of that was down down to that solidity on that on that right hand side and because of that solidity and that and that thrust that it gave us and the, and the doubling up it allowed the wizard I'm going to talk to talk about later on the left to do it to do his to do his stuff so Lounsey down the right um my two in the middle I was slightly worried about the size of my sort of you know my my four really and certainly my two in the middle I thought, well, you know, Xavi and Iniesta did okay, so I, I, I didn't worry about I didn't worry about size. So with Reese, Josh Sheehan, he's going in mind, so he's one of my the newer ones, I guess. You know, so he's someone that you know we've all seen. So he's going in, and Reese has talked about him, and I read everything everything that he he said. And alongside him, probably one of my fave players um, of the era was Nigel Vaughan. So he was a he was a sort of diminutive. You know, and again, you know, back in them days when the pitches weren't as great and and tackles, you know, were fairly robust. You know, you were thinking this this guy's never he can't do it. he's tiny, like little sort of little sort of frail little thing. Got stuck in, got the ball, nicked it, did stuff with it. Good passer, you know, passed the ball forward really well. Um, had a cracking shot on him, so he reminded me a bit. Of, someone might we might talk about Scott Twine in terms of lone players, but when Scott Twine came in for us and started. Doing that, he reminded me. He reminded me a little bit of Nigel Vaughan back in the day, and that 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 derby match I was talking about when someone pinged it in from from thirty yards. It, it was Nigel Vaughan, a classic sort of thing he did. 
224 appearances. So him, him and Sheehan, I think they'd be a beautiful. They would be our Xavi and Iniesta in the middle. So I'm going with that. And then, well, left winger. This is it for me. This, this whole podcast comes down to this player for me. Simply the greatest player that's ever pulled on a black and black and amber shirt. I can't believe he's putting Matty Dolan at left wing. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't believe it. I am putting in. I am putting in the ones, but this is this is a proper one. This is this is this is the magician of all magicians, and and it's Kevin Moore, Um, left winger, 148 appearances and 13 goals. God knows how many assists he got. He he was the wizard of the wing. And this for me, and I just, just, you just got to indulge me for a minute here. You might edit all of this out, but just indulge me for a little bit because I think anybody who's sort of my age and was in that era, I'll be amazed if they don't go, yeah, Kevin Moore, he's the best player that's ever played for Newport. Um, he, this is why we watch football for me. It's for, it's for players like this. Um, you've got to remember this is the time and, you know, pitches were muddy. Fullbacks were mean. They were meaner than Pipey. Do you know what I mean? They, but I, I was thinking about when you were talking about Pipey. I can imagine him against Moore. It was that classic sort of sort of thing that we we turned up to watch. You know, it's your David and Goliath. You know, Theseus and the Minotaur. It's that sort of that sort of battle that we want to see. And yeah, totally could be frustrating as all all the best wizards, best wingers can be. But he was a definition of mercurial. There was a real buzz every time he got every time he got the ball. You know, get it out to more. You know, there'll be a buzz. He, he could take somebody on. He had that that thing like the matador. He would like he would like say to the you know the fullbacks, come on then. You know, he, he could slow it right down, give a swivel of the hips, go past him, or he could or he was quick. He could just knock it past, go steaming past them, whip the balls in. It was absolutely fantastic to watch. And you know, football for me is not about stats and XG and formations and how many kilometres you run, all of that rubbish, right? Can't bear it. It's about art and beauty and grace and emotion and bravery and friendship and stories and dancing down the tightrope between triumph and disaster. And, you know, nobody encapsulated that better than Kevin Moore. I would have loved, loved to have seen our current fan base, right? You know, roaring, roaring along the hazel, like right on the touchline. No doubt, most of our families will probably still moan about him for like not run, not tracking back or whatever. <laughs> um, but but uh, genuinely, this is like genuinely from the heart when I say that when I go to pretty much to every football game, and I probably saw a vast chunk of his appearances for us. When I when I go to any every time I see Newport play, basically I look wistfully out to say. Where's Kevin Moore? Where's his successor? You know, and part of me dies every time because those hopes are dashed. What a player. What a player. That's my midfield. We need a standing ovation for that. That was incredible, Ian. (laughs) Brought a tear to our eyes. Can can I pick the baton up? Because um, I'm, you know, I'm a significantly younger man uh, than Ian. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a theme here, isn't there? There's, there's a theme. <laughs> but but um, so I, you know, I never saw uh, Kevin Moore play for Newport County. But when you, but I, I understand 100% the point you make about beauty and grace. And you know, I love seeing a thumping non-league tackle as much as the next man. But the thing that makes me go, 
I'll come back here next week and pay my 10, 15, 20 quid is who's the person who isn't brute force? Who's the person who's delivering guile and skill and beauty? Um, as I, although I didn't see Kevin Moore, uh, the, the first name on the midfield for my uh, midfield um, is Jason Bowen, who I think I've talked about before on this pod. So when I first uh, started coming to watch Newport County, I've already mentioned Roger Freestone. I saw that name on the team. She went, oh, yeah, I've heard of him. And I saw Jason Bowen. I thought, oh, yeah, I've definitely heard of him. Um, and coming along and watching him torture Conference South level fullbacks just for the shits and giggles of it you know he didn't need the money he he was doing it because it was a laugh he was turning out for uh for his club and um I, I swear once I'm sure I saw him beat a fullback and then stop wait for the fullback to catch him up and then beat him again just just because he could um and the kind of insouciance of having his socks rolled down and his gloves on and you know the hair kind of flapping around um that's that's what made me come back the next week and the next week and the next week. And it was always the same. And it, like you say, it, the players you remember are the ones who they get the ball and everyone stands up and go, oh, something's going to happen now. Um, and yeah, so for that reason, Jason Bowen was uh, the first midfielder down on my uh, on my team sheet in very much the same mould, uh, I guess. And, you know, sometimes he'd uh, go wide and swing across in and a big lump of a striker would score. And sometimes he'd cut inside and hit it on his other foot and score but either way the ball was going to end up in the net somehow and uh yeah those are the players that you want to see so uh he's on my right wing I've already said I'm having Josh Sheehan in there um I think if you're playing Sheehan you need to have someone who's going to protect him uh and so uh, a recent county uh player I'm having Josh Labadee in there and he's my captain because harder man though David Pipe is I still think Josh Labadee just has that level of pure nutter about him that I that I like as well. You look like you're about to say something. He's playing with ten men now because he's going to be suspended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's all, that's all right. I don't mind. You know, the, the inevitable Josh Labadee uh, yellow card at some point in the second half is is fine. Um, and then I thought a lot about the left wing. I was sorely tempted to include Will Evans, who I I just really love, and I have the feeling he's going to become a county legend. But um, I thought, no, I sort of felt like I needed a, a wild card. So my wild card um, at left wing, I'm playing Andy Sandell, uh, who was just kind of always around and sort of uh, did good things. But I love the fact that, you know, sometimes he'd be a left back, sometimes he'd be left wing back, sometimes he'd play left wing, sometimes he'd play up front. I'm pretty sure he had a game where he was like named as the substitute goalkeeper. And he was just one of those all round you know, it doesn't matter where you play him, he'll, he'll do a good job. Um, so I'm having Andy Sandell at left wing. He had an amazing ability to beat a player despite having no pace. He just had a yeah. <laughs> that he could, he yeah. always managed to go past someone and it was never due to pace or agility. He yep. just managed to wrong foot them. He went on to be a striker at Chippenham when he left yeah. us. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump in because I actually had him in my team. He was one of the first in my team sheet, Andy Sandell. He, yeah, he was one of those, I think that era of, of, of watching Newport play, like they were, they were all solid players. They all had like a bit rough around the edges, you know, not every pass is perfect. I mean, it isn't now, is it? Not every pass is perfect, but you know, most, you know, most of the time, yeah, they put in an effort um, and you just appreciate the effort more than the, 
almost more than the quality on display. And that's not to disrespect Andy Sandel because, like you say, he played left back, he played left wing. And yeah, the Chippenham thing, I think he was top scorer for Chippenham as well. Not only did he play striker, but he like was top scorer for him as well. Um, and yeah, I, I just loved him. And I think he was the one who put the ball over at Wembley for Christian Jolly's goal. I'm pretty sure it's him playing that long ball. I might be wrong. Again, please, listeners, correct any or all of my mistakes. Uh, as well, because I put my my side in a in a four four two, and then everybody uh, made a quizzical face when I was playing Ismail Yakuba at left back. So I can actually switch this to three at the back because I can move Sandel to wing back. I can move Pipey to right wing back, and then I've got my three central midfielders. So yeah, flexible team here. Yeah, we've gone for. I can't remember who's who's yet to go. I know Jack's yet to go. Yeah, I'm just wondering if he's got this um this one in as well because I've gone with someone who's affectionately known as the tank, which is Lee Minsel. Loved the guy. He was again one of those players, clearly not blessed with the twinkle toes midfield that we've become used to over the recent seasons. But you know, he had a good touch on him, and he could be used as a makeshift striker. Um, he scored a couple. I remember watching us win at Woking the year we went up from the conference. We won three 0 I think he got two of them. Um, but he just—he just always looks so solid. He just always like gets in the way. He's like this lump who you just cannot get rid of, no matter how you think. Oh, it must be easy playing against him. But no, it's always a nightmare. Made it really difficult for the opposition. So yeah, absolutely lovely Mintzel. That's who um, I thought Ed was putting into. Uh... To, as his midfield enforcer I'm glad someone's <laughs> included him because I, I was I nearly put him in I nearly did but yeah there's so many nearly men I have gone for this guy um who and this guy was the uh, epitome of when you first start watching as probably you know I was you know a young adult at the time starting watching Newport County and he was like the bona fide like uh key star man playing out on the wing and it's Mr Danny Rose he was yeah that wand of a of a left foot. He was just magnificent. He was the the one you thought oh he he clearly thinks he's better than everyone else. He thinks he should be playing up at upper level, and he probably should have done. He probably should have played at high level. Um, but he was the always the one on. If you got a free kick on the edge of the box, he's like oh Rose, I love this. Rose will take this. And yeah, sometimes they went in as well. Yeah, I say sometimes they went in. A lot of time. But he had the look about him, didn't he? Had that aura of uh he's he's a proper professional professional footballer <laughs> well just m- mentioning uh lee minsell made me uh look up his wikipedia and literally on his wikipedia it says that he loves the stellar artois which i think <laughs> what what a legacy that is for any of us what i think he me? was i um i have a really weird story with lee minsell um when we signed him which was oh back it was back just when justin edinburgh had joined the club and we raised about 30 grand or something in January and we got like three or four players in one of which was a guy called Ryan Charles who is not in my team but I just like there there was about four of them and Lee Minsell was one of them and I ended up for some reason I was doing a bit of work with BBC Radio London for their non-league football show I ended up at Santris Carpets where we unveiled these four players for some reason don't know why, but I was there in in the front shop, not not like in a you know, conference room, just in the shop. Um, I ended up interviewing uh, just I'll tell just another story later, but interviewing him and, and Lee Minsel and Lee Minsel, bless him, he had no idea why he was there. 
Uh, the other three, <laughs> the other three are much younger, much younger players. And they were just like joking around. He was like, right, I've got to be like the one doing like doing the the serious interviews. Oh, it's good to be here. I'm going to try and help him stave off relegation, blah, blah, blah. Um, but like, it was just like this odd, odd setting um, just back in the day, I guess. But yeah, lovely Mintzel. Um, oh, I've only done three, haven't I? Um, yeah, Andy Sandell, Lee Mintzel, Danny Rose. And this last one, I really, really struggled with because I, I probably could have had about six, um, which I could have put in here. To be honest, I could have had about six or seven centre-halves, but I stuck with three. Um, I thought long and hard about Wilmot. And yeah, the TV's Wilmot. You know, that's that's the one you really want in. But let's face it, we're not on TV every week. Josh Sheehan, like, probably the first of the, you know, the real classy midfielders that we got in because we had this like conveyor belt of your yeah, Scott Twines and then all of a sudden Ollie Cooper came along and Finazaz and it was just wonderful watching a play. I'm going for somebody who again just you can tell I've gone a bit of a nostalgic uh, trip down memory lane here. I'm going for Sam Foley. He, again, he was he was a player who he got a surprising amount of goals um in the season we went up from Conference South. Um it was him and Craig Reed basically getting all the goals for us. Um and he didn't do anything spectacular. He just like just put a shift in. He just like he had the legs. He could run. Um, he could you know pick out a pass. He could get get on the end of a ball and finish. He could score from the edge of the box. Didn't do all of those you know every game. Picked one or two and then stuck with them. But um, yeah, Sam Foley for me. Um, so they're they're my midfield midfield three. A bit of a nostalgic midfield three. He's, oh. he's had a decent career, hasn't he, Foley? Still yeah. going now. Yeah. Danny Rose. Became a League Two promotion specialist, didn't he? He got promoted with uh, Northampton, Portsmouth, and Swindon. Really? Wow. Yeah. He found his level then, didn't he? So <laughs> if he had yeah. to keep coming back down, but yeah. Yeah, I I thought about putting Sam Foley in up front. Okay. Um, yeah. Because he played just behind Reed, didn't he, in that promotion mm-hmm. season? Um, so he was kind of like a second striker. So I thought about putting him up top, um, but. I'm glad you've got Rose and Minchel in there so that someone's got him because I I was borderline <laughs> with a pair of them. Yeah. I just like I just like my team is full of like effort and you know, people you know, have clearly got a bit of quality, but they're giving it a go. But maybe the consistency stopped them from becoming like the the championship players of this world. Right. We've got we've got Jack. Jack, have you finished um deliberating over your midfield? No, I'm still. <laughs> it's going to change, I'm, isn't it? <laughs> oh my god, this is really difficult. Um, maybe be, it's just maybe it's just a contrarian in me, and I just need to be different. Um, because the first repeat is Jason Bowen has to be that era of football under Peter Beadle. It was a collection of personalities in a TV show that you just had to watch. Every single Saturday, every single Tuesday, couldn't give a damn who we were playing. Hayes and Yedin, Haven't at Waterlooville, all these double barrel football teams. It was a joy to watch Jason Bowen and he just did what he wanted. He had an air of, well, it's close to Cardiff, isn't it? And so I'll just I'll just muck about you for a bit. And I've never seen anything like it he outclassed he was so many levels ahead of the opposition every game that it was it was a joke but these these guys in the other team had no plan for him they tried to out give him the physicality he'd be above it they try and double man market he'd figure him out within seconds he was our number one penalty taker and i used to watch 
the highlights that Glynn would uh, film back in the day on the really old Newport-County.co.uk religiously in school on a Monday morning. And like, it wasn't cool to be a county fan at the time, but even the kids in my form class would be like, Bowen again from the penalty spot, was it? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'd be in the corner on the only computer in school going, yeah, Jason, Bowen, <laughs> unbelievable. And that, that was my life through secondary schools to be this outcast Newport County fan in a sea of premiership, uh, say, plastics. Um, and, but one of the joys that I knew in my own truth was that watching Jason Bowen in my favourite TV show, Newport County, on a Saturday could not be beat. There was no level of football anywhere on the world that gave me any more pleasure than that, and I owe it to him. Absolutely fantastic right wing. Centre midfielders, Danny Rose was edited in and out twice whilst we were all <laughs> talking about. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I loved watching him play because he had that, that air and grace of a of a guy that played higher level, but ironically never did, and Sam Foley got a bit higher and all that sort of thing. So that on balance, I took him out. And my team is based on favourites, so I, people that I really, really, really enjoy playing. So I am going to put Scott Twine in um, in centre midfield to do whatever the hell he wants, because if it treats me to that absolute rocket ship of a goal once every two, three games, I'm happy. It was just surreal, wasn't it? Like, some of the stats as well around his his goal outside the box, like it was more than messy or something like that for a season. It was something silly. But you were watching something special when he was with us, and, and that was great to watch. You'd always look forward to even my cousin for the Swindon Town podcast was texting me you know how's twiny doing this week oh another another goal for rocket boots from at least 100 yards fantastic um the other center midfielder um who was a personality very important to newport county in the beadle era and before and after a little bit as well um that i i'm amazed has not even been mentioned in passing but maybe it's just my nostalgia kicking in is nathan davis oh nathan- yes Great Nathan shout. Davis, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the engine room of Newport County, Newport born and bred. You could see yeah. him play in the afternoon and go and have a beer with him in any pub <laughs> in Newport on a Saturday night. Um, he held himself as like so. My my style at the time was a bit moddy, a bit jammy, right? So he was of that. He had that really harsh, high fringe haircut and. But he, he could do he could do everything from centre midfield. He was he was a soothing quality, even though he was um, guilty of being quite aggressive on the ball. I think he was the one that broke the South Koreans' ankle in a in a like a friendly, of which like caused great harm to the website wearexiles.net because we had a flood of spam attempts to put down. Um, in retort for <laughs> Nathan Davis is egregious, aggressive, leg-breaking tackle. Um, might be wrong, but it, it, he definitely hurt a few people in this era. No, it wasn't, was it? I, I'm getting my... Something Miller? Tom Miller? Tom Miller, that's it. That's it, yeah. Uh, but he's not in my ex side, Nathan Davis is, for, for similar reasons, I guess, because I like this combative um, approach to football. And there's one goal in my brain that will replay over and over again. Maybe you've got your own that you just remember for strange reasons. I remember George Hadji in uh, a World Cup once from almost 
halfway up the pitch. For some reason, that plays in my mind. There's a Nathan Davis goal that he scored from quite far out. But the fascinating thing about his goal is it had this trajectory that just didn't look like it would ever stop period if there was no net it looked like it would just reach the moon because it was just ascending 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 and you could hear bearing in mind that there was a running track to watch the football from beyond you could hear the net crack it was amazing he was capable of so much um, and he was a Newport boy through and through and that's my centre midfielder left wing is really difficult Um, I desperately wanted to put Christian Jolly in for the fact that he was the only player in League Two with four-star skills uh, on FIFA, so that I could be a bit tricky and um, you know confuse a, a couple of people whilst I played online. And he was a great player, and he scored a few important goals. The first one at the playoff final, you'll never forget. Um, but for me, favourites in a TV show that I have to watch every week, Sam O'Sullivan. Anyone remember SOS? Um, full of running. Uh, local guy and my mind went a blank to try and fill the left wing position and the first thing came to me was Western Supermare cold winter's day away Um, and it was one of those crazy games where you score one they score one you score the second they score the second we got to 3-3 and it was the living embodiment of sucking in a goal from the away end and who scored it Sam O'Sullivan and it was excellent jumped into the crowd elation all round um so he's there on a memory and that's that's my that's my midfield sos samuel sullivan nathan davis scott twine and jason bowen that's awesome yeah i mean this this is all about memories anyway this is all about how genuinely like half of this like these teams that you guys have all shared so far i've just got oh yeah i remember him and it's been great just like just researching this and just remembering the odd seasons that we had usually where we ended up mid table, but you're like, ah, oh, I really loved watching this guy play when we had him this season or when he was on loan. Um, I forgot about Mark Byrne, by the way, I was talking about um, midfielders who, who all of a sudden we had this conveyor belt of fantastic midfield. Mark Byrne, I scored an absolute scream. I remember in the cup against Blackburn, we lost that game, but, um, but yeah, another one who was like far too good for us. One um, one I was thinking about was um, <clears throat> talking to Mr. Newports was Tony Pullis. So, you know, I saw I saw him come through and, and play for us with a with a number four shirt on and a bit of a perm that he started off with. So he he was what I was toying with, but he wasn't skillful enough to take on uh, Borney and Sheehan. And as you know, I've got silken skills in my team, so he couldn't yeah. make it in. But you know, a little bit of a shout out for for Pullis. Going back to your your FIFA. Point, Jack. Can you name the only two Newport players to have been in like a team of the week or get a special card in FIFA? Oh God. Can you explain for the uninitiated what, what a special card is? <laughs> so there's a thing called FIFA Ultimate Team, and you basically get a card that lets you play with that player on the pitch. And right. when players do well, they get a special card for that week. Um that's slightly improved on their normal one. So it mm-hmm. might be team of the week or for um, like uh, Champions League performance, they release them as well. Got it. Okay. This is this is a niche question for people who like FIFA. Oh, Martin, Martin's probably there on Twitter now going. It's, um, I'd probably guess Sheehan and Labs, but total nope. guess. Really? First one was um, Aaron O'Connor. 
first oh back, god in yeah our first, first game back in first game back in the league wasn't it or it was one of the first games back in the league and the other one was Robbie Wilmot oh FA amazing TV's Robbie Wilmot ultimate teams Robbie Wilmot <laughs> well they, Reece, didn't have, of... they didn't have FIFA whatever it's called back in my day <laughs> otherwise <laughs> well uh, were, were any of these in the Sabutio team of the week Ian I, I did have a Newport County Sabutio lineup. Did you really? And I did. I did. And they used to beat Inter Milan most weeks. Um, <laughs> Kevin Moore on the left. <laughs> well, that's the end of part two of this 1912 Exiles Christmas special. Ian's got the charcuterie ready to go, so we're all off for our festive dinner. We'll be back soon with the final instalment where we'll be choosing our favourite ever Newport County strikers to round off our most loved teams. Until then, keep it counting. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.